Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Welcome to About Progress. I'm Monica Packer, a regular mom and recovering perfectionist who uncovered the truest model to dramatic but lasting personal growth. It's progress made practical. Join us to leave the extremes behind and instead learn how to do something to grow in ways that stick. Did you know you have a habit type and it is definitely a factor in how you are forming and maybe even not keeping your habits? To find out yours, you can take a free quiz at aboutprogress.com slash habit type. I think a lot of speeches, particularly those given at church, whether it's a talk or a sermon, often begins with someone referencing the Webster Dictionary. And I totally get it because it's just so helpful to define the topic. But I have really tried hard to not do that on this podcast. I'm going to break that today. And I'm going to start with the definition. This is a definition of the word hobby. The dictionary says a hobby is an activity done regularly in one's leisure time for pleasure. When I read that, my first thing was I read leisure as leisure, a terrible British accent, I'm sorry. And then my second thought was, who has leisure time? (laughs) Like, who has time for that? Going way back to the roots of About Progress, you know it started with my first do something list, which originally was my 30 before 30, of 30 things I was going to try before I turned 30 years old. Now, I can identify that I began that list as a way to heal from burnout. The podcast didn't start with my original do something list. It was a trickle down that I'm going to talk about later. But 
when I began this 30 before 30 list, it I honestly had no leisure time to speak of. But I was at a major crossroads in my life. I could see I had the life I wanted, but I needed it to feel different. And because of that, something had to change. And I was desperate enough to do things differently. And for me, that entailed taking some time to explore my interests outside of my responsibilities. And while that meant I didn't have leisure time, an expendable amount of time that was just there, gaps of my days just waiting for me to fill, it was more that I needed to take time away from my responsibilities. I needed to create that time and fill them with things that were just about me. As part of that, you all know, with my 30 before 30 list, I was allowed to be mediocre. But I was also allowed to do things just for the sheer pleasure of doing them. Full stop. I want to note for you that in making that time for hobbies, I still don't want to even say that it's leisure time and making leisure time. It still wasn't like, it didn't feel that way, right? But in making that time for hobbies, which was a lot of what my 30 before 30 list became, I had to make trade-offs in other areas of my life. Primarily that happened with housework. Even though I'm someone who loves a clean and organized home and having lots of systems in place and time put in every day for that, I was willing to make that trade-off of less time and some of those home responsibilities in order to have time for myself, aka with hobbies. I also had fewer playdates with my kids. We didn't sign up for all the things. And in the beginning of trying this for the first time, of trying to create just some enjoyment in my life, just things I was doing for the sheer pleasure of doing them, I was just a little bit afraid that I might harm the people I love because of the trade-offs I had to make. But the opposite happened. It turned out that doing things for the sheer joy of doing them made me show up with more joy to my everyday, seemingly mundane responsibilities. I learned so much in that first list. I learned so much about myself that truly changed my life, but I learned a lot about hobbies in general. I learned that we don't have to be good at them. I learned that hobbies don't have to be productive and they don't have to take much time or even money But I learned that prioritizing hobbies helps us show up better to our lives. I really learned that hobbies are life-changing because they're life-giving. We all need and deserve hobbies. Today, I'm going to chat about why you do too and how to find your own. And as part of this conversation, I invited a new friend to be on the podcast and chat all about it. Her name is Sarah Heart Unger, and she's a mom of three, a physician and a podcaster. She does not have much leisure time either, my friends, but Sarah similarly found the importance of making time for hobbies. We chat about what that entailed for her, and we also share a ton of ideas on potential hobbies you can incorporate into your life too. This conversation was really fun. It's more casual in tone and light, but also deep. The best kind of conversation I love to have with people in real life. And it's so fun that I get to share that with you here today on the podcast. 
And since I always seem to have more to say on this topic in particular, just finding time to find fulfillment in your life, hang around for a little bit at the end after the interview, and I'll give you a little bit more direction to head if you honestly have no idea where to start in finding hobbies for yourself. Sarah Hart Unger, welcome to About Progress. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on. How about we start with an introduction? I don't normally do that, but I feel like people just need to know what your life is like before we dig into the topic. Absolutely. So I am first and foremost a mother of three. I have an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 5-year-old. I am married. I have been for almost 17 years now. My husband's a vascular surgeon, and I am a pediatric endocrinologist. So we're a two-doctor couple. However, I have also loved over the course of my life writing a blog for nine million years and now podcasting since 2017. And so now officially I work part-time as a physician three days a week and two days a week I do everything podcast related. And that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I also love to run. Oh, yes. Okay, cool. And you have two podcasts. So how about you tell us what those are right up front? Yes. So I have Best of Both Worlds, which I do co-host with Laura Vanderkam, who's a wonderful writer about all things time management related. Um, she is a mother of five herself, so she has lots of practice managing lots of things. And um, that's been going on since 2017. And then in 2020, you know, being a physician during the pandemic was like rough and I needed mm -hmm. some outlet and I love planners. And so I decided to start a podcast and my initial thought was it was going to be all about planners. But then it kind of expanded to be all things planning and planning adjacent, although I still do a lot of actual paper planner reviews on my show as well. So that's called Best Laid Plans. So cool. I have loved digging into both of those podcasts. And I wanted you to be on the podcast today to talk about hobbies, because this is something that you have learned to prioritize in your life. And you talk about it a lot on both podcasts, just the importance of having hobbies and how to do so even with a super busy schedule and even hearing where you have your, like, your fingers and toes dipped in, like you, you have quite a full life. I want to begin by first asking you how you learned this for yourself. Why did you come to this understanding that, oh, I need hobbies in my life? That's so interesting. I honestly, no one's asked me that. And I feel like to some extent, I want to credit Laura, my podcast co-host, for giving me permission in those early childhood years to be like, no, you can still do other things. Like yeah. we have 168 hours in a week. You're going to spend a lot of those hours parenting. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean there's not going to be anything left over for you. And I will admit that when my kids were younger and in certain phases, hobbies certainly, you know, came in and out of my life. Although at certain points, things that I think of as part of my job, like my blogging, was even a hobby. So I found time for those passions even when I was quite busy. And I guess, yeah, having great role models that worked, had families, and still enjoyed doing other things and would make note of the fact that doing those other things gave them life, you know, provided those little sparks of enjoyment that even though they love their core activities of, of parenting and working, just made everything feel like more fun and more worthwhile. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of how things got started. And I would say my biggest hobbies specifically, I mean, not that we're going to talk about them in detail, but currently I read a lot. You know, some people read hundreds of books a year. I'm not one of those, but I'm usually up in the like 40 to 50 books a year range. I have a book club in my neighborhood, which I started and I run like marathon train, like I'm into it. <laughs> so, um, and I do feel like, yes, those have ebbed and flowed. 
And my kids getting older has allowed me to expand on them a little bit more, but I never let go of them. And I think a lot of that is just a permission issue. Um, Like if we had that permission slip as parents, that it's okay, that we can hold on to at least a little sliver that we can then expand on when things become less crazy. That's a really good connection to what I wanted to bring up next is why women resist owning that they, one, can have hobbies, having that permission right there. And then also following through with prioritizing the hobbies. Uh, why do you think women do that? Yeah, I think I think some of it is just, unfortunately, cultural narrative that once we've chosen to expand our family, that that has to be our sole focus. And even if it's our primary focus, I guess I would just argue that there's still generally room for other things, even in a very small scale. And I'll give an example. Let's say you have twins. I mean... <laughs> But your hands are totally full and you're not going to have room for a ton of activity. Let's say you're nursing twins. But maybe, maybe you take the time while you're nursing to join a book club on Patreon and you read some fun romance novels while you're pumping and nursing and you're still feeling like you're doing something like that counts. I think sometimes also, you know, Mm. we can take our kind of like survival time or like these things we're doing goodbye. And we have to reframe them as like, no, that Mm. actually is something fun I'm getting to do for myself, however small. Or maybe it's maybe you're not you want to start exercising again and you still have young kids at home and you realize, hey, I could take them for walks in the stroller and then maybe start adding in some jogging intervals if it's a, you know, appropriate stroller. And then, hey, you've you've got a hobby, too. And you're also still caring for your child, giving them time in the sunshine, um, but it's how you frame it. Were you just caring for your child and giving them sun, or were you also starting mm-hmm. your new, you know, very slow and gradual exercise plan? It's interesting that those can, like, go b- both ways. We can disqualify ourselves because we don't think we have the time, but we also think something doesn't count unless it takes a lot of time, or it's, like, a certain level of intensity or accomplishment-driven. What are some thoughts on that? That is so valuable. And I think that is such a female, like women tend to, to discount what they are doing um, more than men. Like men might go for that walk and then like be like, yeah, I exercise today. And then women might not even. Yes, it doesn't count because it wasn't like, you know, an hour long group fitness class that they were, like, you know, mm-hmm. telling everybody about. Um, but that's that's re- that's really an interesting, interesting perspective. But I think. I think giving yourself permission to make things count on a small scale and also reminding yourself that you're allowed to do things so to celebrate Mm -hmm. them. I mean, that's partly why I love planners and I even loved planners during my busiest time with my youngest kids. The difference was I tended to want to use like a weekly planner rather than a daily because truthfully, I couldn't get that many things done in a day and it felt demoralizing Mm -hmm. to look at a blank page. But if I could get that walk done and, you know, watch a TV show, enjoy it while, while I'm like rocking the baby to sleep or something like that, I could note those things and like acknowledge that I had that fun. I had those experiences and they still count. For the women who want to better understand, like what? Okay, so I'm trying to reframe. I'm trying to allow different things to qualify. I'm also like lowering the hurdle in terms of time and intensity. What is a hobby? Like, let's even go back to the beginning of like what the problem is. What even counts as a hobby? What, how do we define hobby? Yeah, I would say it's anything that we do for fun and enjoyment. 
And it can be as lowbrow as, you know, appreciating soap operas to as highbrow as, I don't know, do people do like science courses for fun or something? Yeah, I don't know. Yes. That's not my hobby, but it's probably someone. Or maybe it's a craft um, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's cooking. Maybe it's something that even has some kind of a practical connotation, but you're doing it a little bit beyond to the point Mm -hmm. where you're having fun with it. And then you can reconceptualize it as a hobby like many women cook for their families and that may not be so much fun, but maybe they enjoy baking a special dessert on the weekend and that could be considered a hobby. Fun and enjoyment, friends. Like, don't we all just want more of that? I know I do. Even in just those bite-sized ways like you talked about, it doesn't have to even be every day we have a hobby. Or another disqualifier I think we do is we think a hobby has to be, be a passion. It has to be something we're very passionate about or it has to turn into something that we then monetize somehow like it ha- or the productivity thing it has to somehow be productive too yeah you especially like you have a productivity base basically like a centric podcast how do you think that sinks in with why people get away from hobbies ooh i mean i do agree that those two things can be should and can be separated um and in fact i would go so far to say as my content creation on my podcast is no longer a hobby for me It is Mm -hmm. now part of my Mm -hmm. chosen career path. And so I do think that actually when something becomes too much about production, that um, not that it's not fun anymore, it's still actually really, really fun and I enjoy it, but it can't be considered a hobby. A hobby is something you're doing just for you. But again, acknowledging that you're allowed to do that Mm -hmm. even if it's not going anywhere. And my running is a great example because I am not that good of a runner. Like I am the kind of runner who... If they train really hard, I'll be like in the middle of the pack. You know, I, I'd love to qualify for Boston, which is not like a high Olympic type standard. And even that will be like a big challenge for me. That is purely a hobby. And um, it does take some time away from from family. Generally, a lot of that time, my family is asleep. Again, that's when we ramp up and ramp down because when I had young children, I couldn't pursue that hobby to the level that I'm doing now um, mm-hmm. based on, you know, what everybody needed. but. I do think that in general, we all need to have some things that we're doing that are not for anybody else but ourselves and our own Mm -hmm. enjoyment. And most men don't need to be told that. I mean, that's, you know, why there are Marvel Marvel movies and sports games and and golf courses everywhere. I'm I'm like nodding and smiling because I'm like my husband is one of the the rare, rare disqualify or what's the word? Exceptions. There we go. My husband is a rare exception to that. But like when we have both prioritized supporting each other, having a hobby, like just like that's the purpose is just to have fun and enjoyment. It's helped us both so much and it's helped our whole family thrive more. And I want to speak to the women who are they're they're listening. They're like, OK, I get it. And I think I'm ready. I'm ready to have more fun and enjoyment. But I don't even know where to start. Like, how can they discover hobbies, especially if they don't feel like they already have any to work on or to prioritize better? I think this is where we have to take a lesson from Monica and start this as an experiment with no thoughts about perfection or excellence. Think about it as dabbling in things that you might be mediocre in just to try them and see what resonates because you actually might not know. I actually know lots of runners who like never started running until they were over 40 and then they're like, this is actually really fun. Yeah. I know like bird watching is like this big thing. I think you just have to like, Dabble, let yourself fail, 
And actually, whether you're quote unquote good at something or not isn't the deterministic factor as to whether that might become part of your life. It's whether or not you're enjoying it and whether it's something that you are going to want to be dedicating more of your time towards. Dabble. Dabble, Dabble. my friends. And they, in my community, we have something called a do something list that helps us do that, helps us explore. Um, so I'll make sure we point people to that too. Um, but I love how you said it. Dabble. Next up, Sarah and I will talk about that time obstacle that gets in the way of hobbies, as well as some ideas on some hobbies you could incorporate into your life. But first, let's take a quick word from our sponsors. At the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned my first list that changed so much for me, my 30 before 30 list that turned into something we now know here in our community as the do something list. This is where we do something to find everyday and practical fulfillment in our lives. And this, my friends, that includes hobbies, but it also includes so much more. If you've been curious about starting your own do something list, or maybe you tried it before on your own, but just didn't work too well for you, I want to encourage you to officially take part in a free training I have for you. It will help someone who has no idea where to start. It will also help someone who tried a little bit to make their own do something list and it didn't really get them very far in the process. This training will take you step by step. There's a workbook included. There's also tons of examples of real DSLs from progressors in this community that you're going to want. You could access it all for free again at aboutprogress.com slash DSL. Again, that's aboutprogress.com slash DSL. Let's talk about how we can work on that time obstacle. What what words of wisdom do you have? I, you've already mentioned a few things I think are great, but let's kind of solidify it for them here who are still just like, but I don't have the time. Yeah, I think you do need to cultivate an awareness of, of where your time is going. So Um, Laura Vanderkam advocates time tracking, and that is not something that I am particularly good at, nor is it something that I do on a regular basis, but I actually think it can be a very valuable tool on an intermittent basis. I usually set a goal to try to time track for a week or two every kind of quarter or quintile piece of the year to kind of understand what my routines look like in a given season, because I think until you actually see on paper what's happening with your sleep with your chores, with with your work, whatever you have going on, it is hard to see where those empty pockets of time are. Most of us are going to find something. Um, and, and again, maybe you'll find things that you don't know that you've realized were hobbies that actually are. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, on Tuesdays, I have that like show that I watch with all my friends and we text each other while we're watching it because like we like to gossip about things on the show or something. I don't know. Um, You know, whatever it is. And then you might realize, oh, like that is an activity that I do. I just hadn't acknowledged it as such. And maybe that's great. Maybe you don't want to replace it. Maybe you realize maybe I want to do more of this or whatever it is. Or you might find time that is spent doing things that you could either ask for help from somebody else, like maybe another family member. Maybe you have a kid who is, you know, almost ready to start being able to help do some of the cooking or laundry or something like that. Or um, you know, I think it's rare that you would not find any bit of time over the course of the week that you wouldn't be able to dedicate to something, even if it's small. I mean, online courses are another really, really good um, thing that you can do with a very low commitment and very small bits of time. I agree there, especially because it can help you with the exploration piece. Like we 
we've signed up for masterclass for a couple of years just because we love learning about different things. But masterclass in, in of itself is a, is a hobby, even if we only do it for, I don't know, 20 minutes here and there sprinkled throughout a week. But it can also help lend some ideas of things like, oh, I want to try that. I want to try script writing. Or I was thinking um, one of the weird hobbies I had in high school, and this seems like very not in alignment with my age, I understand. Like this was a very immature hobby. It was a Harry Potter fan fiction. I loved reading Harry Potter fan fiction, and I also loved writing it. I don't know where that that's amazing those little manuscripts are. I would probably be humiliated to read them, but hey, there's some great examples right there. Can you share about some hobbies that you've seen? You, you shared some of your own. I just shared some of my embarrassing ones from my past, but maybe I should bring those back. Maybe there should be some fan fiction in my life and maybe I'll do it based off of a novel I like now. Okay. What are some hobbies that you can just throw out yes. there? For Let's try to get them. What a fun list. question. Yes. So, um, well, I'm going to mention the planner community in general because I actually feel like a lot of women have developed hobbies around their planners and decor and stickers and hand lettering and creating layouts and yes. it's actually very fun and relaxing. So don't knock the, the planner team planner hobby. hobby. Yeah. That's definitely one of them. Um, I read a book recently. Um, can't remember that. Tamara. No, I'm not going to remember it off the top of my head, but I'll send you so you can link it. But it's called um, This Is Not a Book About Benedict Cumberbatch, where her oh. entire hobby was um, being obsessed with and knowing everything about Benedict Cumberbatch. So I, that's I a most... hobby I didn't even know. Yeah, I read the book, I didn't even know who that was. I had to Google. I'm like, oh, he's that's... interesting looking. Anyway, so yeah. that could be a hobby. My sister is an avid knitter and sewer. And so obviously all of those types of crafts, any kind of sport, pickleball obviously has been like a resurgence. And the nice thing with that is you can start at any level and build from whatever. And as I mentioned, bird watching is having a moment. So download mm -hmm. one of those apps, take a walk outside, and you have a hobby. And you could do that easily with like multiple babies in a stroller. And I feel like let's let's keep like spitballing here. I'm thinking like hiking. I'm puzzles. Like baking puzzles. People are super into puzzles these days. Definitely baking. Yes. Hiking or even just like a bucket list of of things that you want to do in your community. Um, watching and it, like bucket list things can feel like hobbies too. Like, oh, I'm going to watch all the Oscar nominees or I'm going to like yeah. listen to all the albums of this artist and, you know, learn everything about XYZ band. Um, Those yeah. are great. Gardening, fashion. Fashion. <laughs> yeah. And interior design. That's, that's one of my favorite hobbies. Um, and you know what? It's, it seems like it can almost like go down the track where you're like, but I'm not doing anything. Like I'm, I just like to like look at how people design and like learn about the design process. But the more you just allow yourself to have space with it, there's no just there. It's just a, it's not a just, it's, it's giving you life. It's filling you up. It's making you feel like yourself. I'm sure you do plenty in the rest of your life to, and even if you don't, we're allowed to, we're allowed to spend some time not doing things. Ha. Huh. Again, this is coming from someone who loves planners. I had to keep like reemphasizing that for people because and and has a super busy life. So if Sarah is saying this to you, please believe it. And let's like, let's just, th this is one thing I had a guest on um a few years ago. Uh, her name is, hold on. They get a, it's the Kite Sisters and I and they, they're twins. And I've had both of them on my show. So I don't remember if it was Lindsay or Lexi, but one of them said, 
that you ha- you prove yourself wrong. You have to try to just prove yourself wrong. So that's kind of my final challenge for women. I want to hear yours too. Like, let's. My final challenge is: if you do not believe that this is possible for you, could you just try and prove yourself wrong? And this is now where I'm going to hand it back to you, Sarah. Is there one small like we have a do something challenge we like to do at the end of each episode? And sometimes I just pull it from what um, the guest has said myself, or I ask the guests themselves. And it's and it's we just do one small thing to get started on what we are learning about today. What do you think that could be for the women who are listening who are ready to find and prioritize hobbies in their lives? Yeah, I would pick one thing, either from the things that we mentioned or something that's been percolating around in your head and see if you can dedicate, let's say, 15 minutes next week to researching how you can fit that into your life or just trying it if it's something that is amenable to just jumping in and trying. Great. Love this. Sarah, this has been such a fun conversation. And now I'm feeling all like energetic and ready to go and dig into some hobbies and maybe Benedict Cumberbatch fan fiction is next for me. Uh, So thank you so much for being here. For people who want to follow along with you, where would you like them to go? Of course. So my website is theshoebox.com. S-H-U are my initials. So it's T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. You can find links to all of my podcasts there as well as archives of many, many years of blog posts. Um, Yeah, so that's the easiest place to start. I have a newsletter. Connect with me any way you'd like. Fantastic. Really appreciate it and love this time with you. Thanks again. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. Before I share the progress pointers, I want to have just a little bit more of a chat with you, especially for those of you who seriously have no idea on where to start with these hobbies. Maybe the ones that Sarah and I mentioned just don't appeal to you, or maybe you feel really overwhelmed about all the options. Either way, I want to tell you two things. First, it's okay that you feel that way. Don't further shame and blame yourself by saying, what's wrong with me? Why don't I know what I'm interested in? Why can't I even figure out what kind of hobbies I'd like to have in my life? Or even just like the, I want to do them all. Where do I start? It's okay that you feel that way. And the second thing I want to tell you is I have a place for you to start. A do something list. A year or two ago, I debated changing the list name to like finding me list. And so many women wrote in when I like casually shared that on Instagram short story, should I change this name to the, of the list? And they're like, no, because the do something list just reminds me it's the, the pressure's off. It's just about exploration. It's just about fulfillment. It's about doing something. And so we've, we've kept that list and I've talked about this so much, but why is because one of the biggest surprises that has come from this do something list focus is the messages I get from women who have told me that their DSLs have literally changed their lives. While a DSL can help you establish some hobbies in your life, there's also a trickle down effect that you will experience with creating your own. You will never guess what a DSL can bring for you. Yes, it can help you explore hobbies, but it will also help you come up with ones that weren't even on your list. For example, right now, my current hobbies I do the most involve sourdough, which was definitely not on any of my lists in the past, except maybe I think last year and this year. But on my original list and another hobby it's helped me gradually get to as a trickle down effect is gardening because this do something list gave me permission to try 
It gave me permission to do something, to just explore, for it not to have to have an end result that proves all the work was worth it. Another trickle down effect is how it has helped me have more passions in my life, like this podcast. Without that original list, I wouldn't have this right here, a passion and a work for me. Ultimately, why my DSL has changed so much for me and those who have done it is how it helped me incorporate me and my everyday life. Because of my original list, I felt more like myself again, and I have more joy in my life. So let's go back to why we talked about hobbies in particular here. It's because hobbies are life-changing. And the reason why hobbies are life-changing is because they are life-giving. They give you back your life. So while the DSL isn't just about finding hobbies, that honestly is a huge part of what it can give you. So what I want to help you do alongside finding more of your passions and your identity through the DSL, I want I want you to know that just can help you find those hobbies. So let's start with just creating this list. If you don't know what those hobbies are, you don't need to flounder on your own trying to figure it out. You don't need to make your own do something list that is actually more of a goals and resolution list and it gets really confusing. Instead, just take the free training that I mentioned mid-episode for you. It's at aboutprogress.com slash DSL. There's so much there. I've already shared about it, but I'm just going to say go there. If you don't know where to start, go there. Okay, with that plea aside, let's share the progress pointers from this episode. And these are the notes I took so you don't have to. And those on my newsletter list, get this in a graphic form each week. You can sign up at aboutprogress.com slash newsletter. Number one, hobbies are things we do for the sheer pleasure of doing them. We don't have to be good at them. They don't have to be productive in any way, and they don't have to take much time nor require money. But prioritizing hobbies helps us show up better to our lives. Two, there are times and seasons for how much time we can invest in our hobbies, but reframe hobbies and what counts. Remember, it's just about cultivating moments of fun and enjoyment just for you. Number three, start by experimenting. Dabble with things you're curious about and allow yourself to be mediocre. And number four, in other words, this is totally my addition here, start a do something list. Your do something challenge this week is to spend like 15 minutes researching or trying a new hobby. And you get extra credit if you start or just revisit your do something list for this year. I always revisit mine mid-year because I make mine to go for a year um, and I give you permission to do that. I'll share that on my Instagram stories when I do it so you can kind of see what that process looks like. But I also did a growth spurt last year around this time on how to revisit your do something list if you want to check that out. This was such a fun episode. It was fun to have more of a casual conversation with someone, but also have so much goodness there. Also fun for me to get my soapbox a little bit and preach to you. And I hope that you can take it all for how it's intended. This is all here for you, my friends. And now I'm going to do the send off I always do. Thank you so much for listening. Go and do something with what you learned today. made me show up with more joy to my everyday life for my seemingly everyday mundane responsibilities. Mundane? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.